0: Welcome back to Choir Talks. I'm glad that you have joined us here this week at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. It's the weekly podcast that, that we do to share uh, just some devotional thoughts that we share with our choir here on Wednesday nights. And even though you may not be a part of the choir, uh, I'm glad that you've joined us because hopefully the Lord can speak to you through these same scriptures that, that we've been reading through. If you listened last week, uh, you, you know that I started reading Acts in my personal quiet time. Uh, two weeks ago, I went to Columbia, South America, and just saw the Lord moving in amazing ways, and and I was just led toward the end of that trip to start reading Acts, um, where we see a place that we see in the Bible how God was moving in incredible ways to bring uh, to bring people to Himself, and just wanted to, to learn more about that, and so I started reading Acts, and so this uh, during during this week I read through Acts chapter sixteen, and. Um, Boy, I just wouldn't be a worship pastor if I didn't stop and talk about one of the experiences that Paul had in chapter 16 of Acts. It was a worship experience, so I just wanted to share that with you. It's such a cool story. Paul is is on this missionary journey with um, with another missionary named Silas, and they are traveling from town to town, and they stop in Philippi, which you might recognize is um, the name of the city to which he later wrote the, the letter Philippians to. And so they stop, and they heal a woman, and uh, because of that healing, they're taking, taken into custody by the authorities, and uh, they are, they're beaten with rods, and they're put in chains, and they're thrown into jail. And so here they are in jail that, that first night. It's about midnight. They're chained up. They're wounded. They've lost their freedom, and uh, they don't know what their future holds, and so um, what are they doing? Let's let's just pause right there. Time out just a second, um, because I want to say this: If you and I are going to read the Bible devotionally, when we read through, we need to look in there and say, you know, what? Where am I in this picture, and and how might this apply to me? We're, we're going to see what we might learn as we read through, and and what maybe the Lord is teaching us through these scriptures. So, uh, before we read their story, I want to know: you know, can you identify with these guys? I mean, you've probably never been publicly beaten, or maybe thrown into a jail in a strange city. But some of you listening today can maybe identify that you're in a difficult situation in your life. Uh, maybe you feel trapped by something. Maybe you feel uncertain about your own future. Maybe uh, you've been through something difficult, and you have you have the wounds, you have the scars uh, on your back. Um, there, may, um, there may there there are many midnight-in-jail kind of circumstances in all of our lives. So let's see what Paul and and Silas did. All right, this is chapter 16 of Acts, starting with verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose." The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. It's a pretty awesome story here. We have Paul and Silas. Here they are in this terrible situation we described earlier, in jail at midnight. Uh, They're hurting, no doubt, but what are they doing? We find that that they're having a worship service, if you will. It says two things they're doing. They prayed, and they sang hymns to God, or they sang uh, to God. The word for prayer right here, and again, I don't know Greek, um, but I looked it up, and it's pros oikomai. I'm sure that's not the way you pronounce it, but um, here's breaking it down. Pros um, means toward, and my or however you pronounce that, means the face. So if you take that word for prayer right there, that's a word that means toward the face of. In other words, it wasn't a 911, help me out, Lord, we're in prison, get us out of here, prayer. It was a prayer toward the face of God. It was a prayer of worship. It was a prayer to know the Father. Um, And so there they are. They're they're praying in, in a worshipful way, and they're singing to God. What is it about this terrible situation that makes them want to sing praises? Even in terrible circumstances, the eyes of faith can see a faithful God. Even though they were in prison, they recognized that God was still on his throne. Even though their circumstances were bad, God was still good. And God was worthy of praise. So true worship, see this here, true worship is not conditional. So applying that back to me, am I more likely to praise God when things are going well in my life? Uh, And then am I also more likely to question God when things are going bad? Or is my worship true? Do I recognize the greatness and the goodness of God no matter the circumstance that I find myself in? Do I see God as powerful and good in any set of circumstances? Well, what about the other prisoners here? Notice not only Paul and Silas, but it says that the other prisoners were listening to them. And when their chains came off, that everyone's chains came off. And yet Paul says, hey, we're all here. None of, none of them left. I find that really unusual. Hey, they're, they're in prison uh, they give the opportunity to escape, and, and none of them leave. Those men were recognizing something supernatural there. They heard the prayers. They listened to the praises of Paul and Silas, and then they saw this miraculous earthquake, and they recognized the hand of God. They weren't ready to step outside of the moment that God had created there. What about the, what about the jailer? He comes out with his sword to kill himself. Why? because losing all his prisoners is a death sentence to him. He would be killed for that event. And so he's ready to kill himself. Um, But instead of death, God is ready to give him life and to give his family life. And so he asks a really important question. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Um, So he's he's not talking about uh, saving his life from the authorities. He's talking about his, the salvation that God can bring. The God that he has just witnessed brings salvation, uh, physical salvation to Paul and Silas, uh, helps him to recognize that he has, he has a spiritual need. And so he says, what, what must I do to be saved? Um, that's an awesome question. But there's one thing wrong with it. Um, he says, what must I do? And uh, there's, there's nothing to be done Uh, It is not something that we do to earn salvation. The Bible is very plain about that. And so Paul, in just one sentence, redirects him, and as a a teaching moment says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the work that you need to do for salvation. It's believe. It's not any particular good work. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. Paul makes that very clear in Ephesians, for instance. Um, But here's the work. It is to believe what Jesus teaches in the book of John. If you'll read that, believe. And so he says, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, that then you will be saved. In fact, your entire household. And we find out if you read a few verses more that that's exactly what happened. His his entire house becomes believers. They're baptized. And the end of the story is that the jailer is full of joy. When Paul writes um, his letter back to this church at Philippi, here's what he says in the first chapter in verse 12 of Philippians. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Let's go back to the beginning here and and just remember them being beaten and chained and thrown into jail. It's terrible circumstances. But they had a heart of, of worship. They had a heart bigger than just seeing the difficulties, but they saw a great God in the midst of those difficulties. So in retrospect, Paul is able to see, no matter what has happened to me, it has turned out to, for the furtherance of the gospel. Because they were put in chains there, a family, the jailer's family, came to eternal life. Their lives were changed forever, even though it started with bad circumstances for Paul and Silas. So what have we learned here today? Uh, We need to be worshipers no matter what our circumstance. In fact, particularly in bad circumstances, we need to recognize the goodness and the greatness of God. We need to see that that our circumstances can be used for God's glory uh, no matter where we find ourselves. And we also need to see that our God is a rescuer, that he rescues those who have faith in him. Let me pray for you. Father God, I just lift up those who are listening today. Father, those who are seeking you and wanting to know you. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, God, that you would help us to be worshipers in, in good circumstances and in bad. Father, that even when we feel hopeless, God, that we would see that you are the God of help, and that you are the God who rescues us. You're the God who is always there. Father, we just we thank you for that, Father. And I pray for those who are praying right now seeking rescue, God that, Lord, you would would bring rescue to them. But even more than that, God, you would help them to see your greatness. And, Father, I thank you, Lord, that no difficult and bad circumstances beyond uh, your ability to use it for your glory and for the good of others. So, Father, I pray for those who are in bad circumstances now, God, that they would see the victory of you using those to bring spiritual blessings to others in their lives. And so, Father, we... um, Our eyes are on you. God, no matter where we are, our eyes are on you today. uh, Lord, I pray for brothers and sisters right now who are listening. I ask it in Jesus' name. Hey, once again, I want to invite you to join us at Ridgecrest here in the building at 1030 on Sunday mornings or online at Ridgecrest.net or on our Facebook page, Ridgecrest Baptist Church. Hope you have a great week.